0: Gonna find you and take
1: it slowly. Ready or not, oh, here I come. You can't hide. Gonna find you and make you yeah. want me. Now that I escape sleep, walk
0: away. All right, good morning, folks. A little Fuji's love for us this morning. All
1: right,
0: good morning. It is Thursday, September 29th. Welcome episode number 208 of the Simply Cyber's Daily Cyber Threat Briefing. I'm your host, Dr. Gerald. Those and over the next 45 minutes, I'll be delivering the top cybersecurity news stories of the day to each of you and providing an expert analysis on each of these stories on what it means to you as a practitioner, or if you're looking to break in the industry, we got you covered. There's going to be mad value all up in here for each of you shout out and thanks to this stream sponsor before we get in here hashtag team live for all of you barricade cyber solutions good friend eric taylor over there barricade cyber solutions is dedicated to helping businesses from cyber attacks and recover from the damage done cyber attacks can cause massive issues for businesses and send dedicated hard-working business owners into turmoil but barricade cyber solutions knows how to mitigate the damage done by cyber incidents check them out at barricadecyber.com links in the description below now it wouldn't be a full intro read if i didn't uh shout out eric capuano and the whole gang over at recon infosec for sponsoring the stream thank you so much if your organization's large enough to have real cybersecurity concerns but maybe not quite large enough to have a full-fledged security operations capability from the ground up check out the managed detection and response mdr offering from recon infosec their offering includes the people process and technology needed to deliver full spectrum security operations to organizations of any size definitely if you're interested if you're evaluating mdr solutions if you gotten if you're if you're got the budget or management is starting to get concerned uh and you need an mdr yeah there's a couple options out there but use the link below in the description to check out Recon InfoSec. The key takeaway folks is that yes, it's a security company like all the MDR providers, but it's run by security people. So, you know, not by business people. Uh, so they have that kind of the mindset of what, what really needs to be happening. I wanna remind you, if you hold professional certifications that require CPEs, each episode of the Daily Cyber Threat Briefing is worth half a CPE. So that's, two and a, that's half a day, two and a half a week, 10 a month, 40, 30 a quarter, 120 a year. Be sure to say what's up in chat, hashtag team live, etc. to document literally the easiest and I would argue the most enjoyable way to earn CPs. Now, if you are live, I see many of you in here, Navina on LinkedIn, Joel Belton, um, Andre Escobar, just say what's up, hashtag team live. You know what I mean? Love having you guys here, genuinely appreciate it. I see uh, we've got at least 72 people in here, 76, the number at the very beginning, it starts cranking up. Um, Do a Michael Fink on LinkedIn. Do be a lamb, if you will, if you're on the YouTubes and hit the like button, just really quick. If you do it in the first couple minutes, if you're here and you you know what we're doing and you like it, cause it helps push it up to the front of what's going on. No, 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 no. Let's do that. All right, so we genuinely appreciate that. If you're on hashtag, if you're replay, whether you're on your audio podcast app of Choice or you're watching the the stream um, already and we've already recorded it. Definitely comment. You can't do it on the podcast, obviously, but hashtag Team Replay. Uh, Just let me know that you're watching, uh, what you guys thought, and we genuinely appreciate it. It is Thursday, which means it's our, our recently minted What's It Meme Thursday where Dan Ridden, a.k.a. Haircut Fish, Simply Cyber Community member, will uh develop a meme and i will be showing it at the halfway point point. and if you're watching on replay you can jump ahead uh a couple minutes because you, you know it's on replay you can control the timer but for me the next two minutes i'm gonna spend five seconds going and letting my dogs out of this room because they were banging on the door to get in here right before i went live and now they're banging on the door to get out of here these are the things that happen but uh i want to say good morning to all of you and spend just a minute so if you would uh <laughs> excuse me for a second All right, we're back. We're hot. What's up, everybody? Hey, Allison Van Stone, Ken Strickbine on LinkedIn, Matt McDaniel, my man. Good to see you. Good morning, live from Texas. Guys, if you're in Florida, Kimberly, uh, all of the, um, basically all of the East Coast from, you know, Florida up. Uh, obviously, myself is kind of included in that. Uh, I hope you're all well. I hope you're safe. Um, if you were in the Dominican, if you were, you know, Puerto Rico, any of that. These recent hurricanes have been devastating. Good morning, Matt Mears. A little Mario coin for you, Matt. Eric Jordan on LinkedIn. Good to see you, my friend. Hey, George Strashberger. Coming in from Beantown, my place, my fan. We had a rough go up there, huh, George? Red Sox uh, mathematically eliminated. The Celtics head coach embroiled in controversy. The Bruins making horrible decisions. Ah, it's, and then the Patriots. I mean, Mac Jones is... Leg exploding. Good to see you, just Justin Gold, Joel Belton. Little little chilly, no rain down in Georgia. Okay, that's good. Hey, Mosin Dogger, good to see you. Yeah, I know, I know. Hey, Just Ben, good to see you guys. One of Mario coins hit Carrie in the face. Yeah, you got to be careful that, guys. It is uh, Thursday, so we are having Simply Cyber live later today. I'll be teasing that uh, later on. Hey, coming in from the Philippines. Good to see you, Michael Vito, on the night shift. Hope you get value out of the stream. Genuinely appreciate it. Good morning, Nathan Bolin. All right, guys, we're at about 83 people, a couple minutes after 10 o'clock. So let's get into it and then we'll have some fun at the end. Hey, Michael Starnes. Hey, Jeremiah Guter- Gutierrez. I saw you, Jeremiah, uh, posting some Threat Gen gameplay action. Looked great. Um, appreciate that. Hey, Secchi21944 on YouTube. Just got the first InfoSec job. <laughs> Yes! Winning so hard. Congratulations to you, my friend. Congratulations to all of you that have recently broken into the industry. That's what it's all about. You know, all hands on deck. We need help in here. Well, we're really bad. Hey, Sayed. All right, guys, let's get into the news and uh, you know, arm ourselves with knowledge. Let's do it. Where are we? Come on. All right. My app says the podcast is playing, but I hear nothing. Like, what is going on here? Hold on, hold on. This isn't an audio issue either. This Here there. And I can't play music to entertain you guys while I futz with this because, come on. Uh, All right, so this is what happens when you do it live. From
1: the CISO series, it's
0: cybersecurity
1: headlines. It's Thursday, September 29th, 2022. Leaked ransomware builder used in attacks. Last week, a LockBit 3.0 builder leaked on Twitter. This came as a result of a seeming fallout between the ransomware operator and the developer. The leak opened the door for anyone to build a functional encryptor and decryptor for attacks. Bleeping Computer confirmed that a new ransomware group called Bloody Ransomware Gang did just that against the Ukrainian victim. Their previous work largely used Conti ransomware, targeting on a group of medical practices in New York. The group did some light modifications to Lockbit 3.0, but functionally, it remains identical. All right.
0: So, in you know, this should come as a surprise to nobody, right? We, we broke this, like, live on stream the other day. Uh, John Hammond posted um, on socials about, about this. So, <clears throat> apparently, they weren't hacked or hacked back the developer and the ransomware operator had a falling out of some some bit and the source code got published, all right? Now, we saw this exact situation play out uh, when the Mirai botnet got published to GitHub where threat actors, you know, who may not have been capable enough to do anything with uh, on their own, uh, you know, basically get handed a fully loaded assault rifle and told, you know, there you go, you're on your own, go for it. And now they have a, you know, a really effective weapon this got released obviously security researchers started grabbing at it picking it apart trying to understand but threat actors also pull it down and it didn't take long I'd say what about a week for a new ransomware threat actor to jump on the scene lockbit is a very effective uh piece of ransomware and I'm not surprised that uh threat actors got in there just to kind of point out here like just how easy it is I mean like look at this this config file where you basically just say you know you like enabled or disabled, like on or off, as far as like encryption, encrypt file name, uh, set the wallpaper typically towards the ransom note, right? Kill defender. So kill that um, EDR solution. Um, you know, all these things. It's like, you don't have to understand how to kill processes. You just have to hit type true in and it'll do it, right? So very much uh, uh paint by numbers kind of uh, malware. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if we saw other threat actors ransomware actors come on the scene also in the fallout of this lockbit 3.0 builder uh, source code being uh, dropped or you know the application being dropped because it's just it's basically lowered the bar for like mid-tier operators uh, just above script kitties to like have a tool set that is gonna work for them uh, and do a lot of the heavy lifting so be on the lookout for this obviously guys Uh, I say this like every time there's a ransomware story, you shouldn't be defending from Lockbit right now. Like you should be protecting and, you know, testing your ability to recover from ransomware period, right? Obviously Lockbit's going to have its TTPs on how it executes and everything like this, but sound fundamental information security, right? Make sure you're testing your EDR against ransomware. Make sure that you're educating your end users are not falling for fishes and clicking on stuff. Make sure that you, you know, if you can network segmentation so it can't move, backups, t- tabletop testing on recovery, not table, well, tabletop for what the process is, actual testing, recovery, how long does it take, cyber insurance to pay the ransom if you have to go that route, but just know like there's an uptick going to be an uptick activity in a tier one ransomware malware uh, being used by, you know, different threat actors.
1: Cloudflare hopes Turnstile can replace captchas. Captchas feature inherent shortcomings, offering slow, cryptic, and arguably effective human verification. To avoid these, Cloudflare released a beta for Turnstile, which it calls a user-friendly, privacy-preserving alternative to captchas. Rather than visual puzzles, Turnstile uses JavaScript-based rotating browser challenges that read the browser environment for indicators of human behavior. These challenges get more sophisticated, the more indicators of non-human behavior it detects. Turnstile uses browser information, not human interaction. Cloudflare says if this can reduce the verification process to about one second.
0: All right. Um, Hmm. I mean... I do agree. Oh, look, a nice little graphic. I, I always like a good graphic. Um, yeah, captures kind of suck, you know, especially when it's like, especially when it's like click on all the fire hydrants and there's like a piece of a fire hydrant, just a tip of a fire hydrant in another block. And you're like, does this count? Should I click this? And then you do it and you're like, did that work? I don't know. Or like the... um that, like, type in the letters, but the letters are all skewed and stuff, and you can't tell if it's, like, an R or an N, and it's very frustrating. So, CAPTCHAs... And by the way, the fact that they're, like, prove you're not a robot? Like, guys, AI can paint, like, masterpieces in 30 seconds or less. Like, you think that AI can't figure out how to check a box? Like, seriously, what are we, like, are we Are we all collectively lying to ourselves for a security theater? Okay. Enough of that flip-out. Listen... Um, if, if no, I guess no one was really asking for someone to solve CAPTCHA. It is a really crappy experience, but people use it. This turnstile thing sounds like it's gonna, um, be kind of, um, a better user experience because it's basically looking to see if you're doing human stuff versus bot stuff. And, uh, guys, uh, what's his face? Uh, John Strand, uh, has a tool called Rita or Black Hills has a tool called Rita that looks for beaconing, um, in systems that would be more consistent with um, code and you know programmatic stuff versus human interaction. Humans are messy, right? Humans are sloppy, humans are messy, humans do erratic things all the time. Programs don't, but I do wanna point out that it's trivial to introduce a little bit of um, chaos into AI in order to appear more human, appear more erratic. Uh, so this turnstile thing—it'll be interesting to see. I don't fully appreciate yet how it's going to work, but I do like that they're going to make it a better user experience. Again, um, I don't know. Like captures are frustrating, but I—I I don't know. Like w- w- I don't know if it's a problem that needed to be solved. I, I mean, I guess I appreciate it, but whatever. Hey Nicole Heath, yeah, Rita is awesome. If you can get it up and running, it's pretty pretty awesome. Hey Ben, good to see you.
1: Fast Company goes dark after a cyber attack. Late on September 27th, Apple News sent notifications from the publication Fast Company that contained racist and obscene language. Apple subsequently suspended its channel on the app. Fast Company confirmed a threat actor breached its Apple News account, saying it suspended its feed and shut down FastCompany.com while it investigates it's still down as of this recording. This came after the attacker appeared to post a message on the site before the takedown claiming to have access to a commonly shared password with admin access. The post also pointed to a dark web forum that claims it will release thousands of employee records and draft posts from the publication. The attacker said it didn't obtain customer information as the site stores that information on a separate server.
0: All right. So this just sounds like one of those ones where the threat actor was, you know, trying to make a point, Uh, the fact that they published like obscene, racist comments is kind of um, I almost wonder if the threat actor actually feels that way, or if they are young and they're just trying to get clicks, basically, right? Because it's definitely going to make news if it's if it's really racy, right? Um, if I had to guess, this sounds like someone who's younger. I would say, you know, eighteen to twenty-five. They're not really going for money; they're just going for. Um, Chaos, basically, watching the world burn. Uh, one thing that they did say in the story that I found interesting and also annoying at the same time. Uh cool. it, they, they, the the threat actor was able to log into the account with a commonly shared admin password. What are we doing here, people? Like, it is a public-facing major account on a major platform for a Fortune 5 company. What are you doing? With a commonly shared admin password, and I know it happens all the time. And I know there's probably domain admin accounts. People are running around as daily drivers, and there's bad practice and bad cyber hygiene all over the place. And sometimes I feel almost overwhelmed and apathetic because it's so infuriating. But guys, like what did you expect was gonna happen? Like if it and by the way, if it was like a winter 2022 exclamation point type password, that's even more annoying. Uh but you know, it, they said commonly shared password. So I don't understand unless the threat actor is part of the group that it's commonly shared with. I'm not quite sure how they got it. Uh, if there was an a, actually an initial attack or breach, and then they got a foothold on an end user workstation, redline info stealer or something, stole the creds, got access to this account. Um, that's a little bit more sophisticated, but it's still it's still bad practice and still uh, frustratingly annoying. Um... So I guess at the end of the day, you got, you got to be careful uh, with passwords, use password vaults, don't reuse passwords, don't share passwords unless you absolutely have to. And if you do use a solution like a password vault in order to share those secrets in a controlled way and eliminate the ability for, or not eliminate, but reduce the likelihood of a threat actor, you know, Hoover vacuuming up all that, all those creds and getting that. Um, Yeah, exactly. Rascal. 2022 commonly shared passwords but you know what it it is it is reality man it is reality we got default creds everywhere in fact i taught this morning at the citadel and i did a lab with the students using ncrack to brute force attack an ssh uh uh you know sh- server basically on a linux box and it took all of you know 30 seconds so i mean you got to you got to and by the way can i just for a second I know we're all cybersecurity professionals in here, so I'm probably yelling into the void and and at the same time an echo chamber. But guys, humans are predictable. English speaking humans are predictable. Hold on one second. English speaking humans are predictable. Ready? I'm gonna do a magic trick right now. Ready? Your passwords, if you're not using a password vault and you know, generating unique passwords, right? Like I'm looking at you, Matt Mirrors, okay? Your password that you probably use for a lot of stuff, ready? Starts with a capital letter. It's preceded by a bunch of lowercase letters. It ends with two numbers and then an exclamation point. And it's probably eight characters long, eight to 10. If I just described your password, guess what? That's not a magic trick, that's reality. If you look at the the frequency of the composition of passwords used by English speaking humans, that is the regex that I just told you. So it's easy to write code that guesses passwords because I don't need to go and enumerate every single permutation in the English language. What I need to do is capital letter, lowercase letters, two numbers, probably 22, gonna be changed to 23 pretty soon, and an exclamation point. I mean, it's
1: infuriating. Fussy! Dolly 2 opens to all. OpenAI removed the waitlist to access its text-to-image system Dolly 2, letting anyone sign up to use it. When the company announced the system in january 2021 it offered a novel capability of rendering photorealistic images from text inputs one of the arguments for the waitlist was to control access to what was seen as a disruptive technology since then other similar systems have gone live like mid-journey and stable diffusion in opening up dolly 2 openai said it made our filters more robust at rejecting attempts to generate sexual violent and other content that violates our content policy it also announced it will begin testing an API to build apps using Dolly 2's outputs.
0: Yeah, I mean, I appreciate it. Dolly 2 came on. Yep, thanks, Scott Munoz. There's your, <laughs> there's your password. Got to get it updated in the, uh for the fall semester. Um, so Dolly 2 guys is one of these uh mainstream AI painting things. It's 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 making all the waves. Um, they had a waitlist in order to control. Um, I mean, I feel like they could have used. Keywords like don't allow these specific words to be used as inputs. Uh, instead, they tried to control access to the platforms. But other platforms, I use mid journey, I pay for mid journey. You may notice that a lot of my um graphics or my thumbnails and stuff look like you know weird, exotic, one off uh paintings. That's because I'm using mid journey to generate them. In fact, if you're going to be at Wild West Hacking Fest, either in person or virtually. Uh, In two weeks, I will be presenting on Friday at 1130 AM local time. And my entire slide deck is mid journey graphics, like no words, just graphics, but the graphics kind of illustrate the point I'm trying to make for each slide. So it will be cool. Good to see you, Joel Belton. I'll look forward. I I hope you can make, hope you can make it. I know that there's some other things going on and it's right before lunch. So people are going to be like, oh, Jerry, but it'll be good. Here's the thing. Um, these technologies are awesome. Like you can see the woman with the pearl earring here. They've actually used Dolly to expand beyond the borders of the original painting to see like what it would look like using inputs of the time frame, uh, what would be in a in a Dutch kitchen, etc. So it's pretty cool technology. There's not much to say here. Expect this technology. It's not a cybersecurity thing, but just expect this technology to be weaponized in some capacities to either make fraudulent art. Um, eventually it'll get to the point where it could, you know, quickly drum up a fake photo, maybe some incriminating photos, maybe a picture of you and somebody who's not your spouse engaged in some type of, uh, activity that would piss off your spouse, right? I got evidence. I got photos in this envelope, right? So, but it's not real, is it? I don't know. Now we start getting into a question of integrity, authenticity, all these things. So... It's the same it's the same issues we've had with uh deep fakes for years and fortunately we haven't seen deepfake weaponized at the uh, geopolitical level yet although every single year in my predictions for the following year I always say a geopolitical deep fake is going to cause a disruption in some type of uh, election or world power I've been saying it since 2016 and nothing has come <laughs> come of it
1: And now thanks to today's episode sponsor Votero Can you trust that your content and data is free of malware and ransomware? With Votero, you can. Votero removes evasive and unknown malware from content in milliseconds without impacting file fidelity or usability. It even works on password-protected and zipped files. Plus, it's an API, so it integrates with everything, including Microsoft 365. Learn more at votero.com. All right, let's
0: let's just take a minute here. Let's just take a minute here while I thank our sponsors, Recon InfoSec and Barricade Cyber Solutions. Genuinely appreciate it, guys. I also want to thank all of you. I do take a moment from time to time. I try at least once a week to let you know there's 132 of you in here. I show up every day because you guys show up every day. And uh, I try to deliver uh, objective, but, you know, with obviously pieces of my subjective analysis of cybersecurity education knowledge that you can make actionable but I do it uh, for you guys, right? I, I could do this, you know, by myself too, right? But I I, I want to do it uh, because of the community. So thank you for being part of the community. Thank you all for being inclusive and supportive. Uh, let's keep let's keep doing it, okay? If you guys don't know about the newsletter, you can go to https://simplycyber.io/newsletter at the top and sign up. I once a week on Monday morning at 6 a.m. Eastern, I send an email that is a 90 second read with three actionable items that you can take action on and operationalize that day to reduce cyber risk for your organization. I'm a huge fan of it. I think there's excellent value. And now it's time for haircut fish meme of the day. There we go. Guys, if you don't know who this good-looking gentleman is, this is Charles Finfrock, famously known for... I'm a crypto evangelist. I love it, love it, love it our very own crypto evangelist Charles Finfrock the reason Charles is the meme of the week this week is because Charles will be my special guest later today we won't be talking about Bitcoin or crypto we'll be talking about surveillance capitalism getting all up into it you guys he's going to tear the the, the 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 lid off this thing as far as what's going on it's going to go deeper way deeper than you can imagine on what is being done and how it's being done so I hope you can join us there special shout out to uh, haircut fish for the um, for the meme of the week thank you so much Dan all right let's get back
1: to the news shall we shall we let me wholesale uh... access markets tied to ransomware. After looking at 3,612 ransomware attacks in 2021, analysts at Cyber Six Guild discovered that 686 involved accessing domains with credentials for sale on wholesale access markets within 180 days of the attack. Of those attacks, 85 involved access to an internal machine that had been compromised within 30 days of an attack. The researchers warned that WAM listings only offer access to endpoints, but at an extremely low cost, something like $10 to $20. This compares to initial access brokers, which offer VPN or RDP access to organizations for up to thousands of dollars.
0: Yeah, I mean, what, like, I guess this is, this is nice to have, um, this is nice to have the metrics on it, but like, yes, we've seen a rise in kind of the compartmentalization or the modularization if you will, of cybercrime, where like, I'm really good at ransomware and you're really good at getting access and compromising boxes. And you're really good at converting, you know, Bitcoin to, or Monero to Bitcoin or, or money or getting it into cash. Right? Like we've all got our skill sets. And now instead of me having to do everything, just like, you know, a 21st century side hustle, you know, not that I'm going to go on Fiverr and, and find money mules, but, you know, I'm good at this, you're good at that. And one of the things people are good at is getting initial access, compromising in a box. And then they don't want to do anything with it. They want to sell access to it. And that's what's going on here. And again, it's no surprise. The data is here. It's interesting that uh, many, 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 many ransomware incidents last year, 2021, looks like half, about half, right? Um... Hold on. No, no, no. Okay. So only six hundred and eighty-six. So one one sixth. I guess it's not that that high. Uh so one sixth, but you could see here ten to twelve dollars per endpoint. Guys, this is chump change. If you're gonna jump into a like, let's just say we spent a thousand dollars, right? At ten bucks a rip. That's a hundred compromised machines that we bought. Okay, hundred compromised machines, we're in for a thousand bucks. All right. There's a thousand dollar Mario coin. We pop two of the thousand uh, systems successfully and either exfil information or uh, we ransomware. Like we try to ransomware all of them and only two of them hit and we make 80 grand, 100 grand, 600 grand, whatever you know what we'll be making a lot more than a thousand dollars. So your return on investment is almost instantaneous if you're successful in popping one of these. And if you can buy a thousand compromised assets, I mean, you're going to be, it's going to take a little while to get through it. Um, you know, so you've got your work, you know, like, let's, I, I would even imagine you buy it and then like, say half of them have been cleaned up. Right. So now like, Oh, like, just throw that in the trash, but who cares? You still have 500 other ones. Guys, malware threat actors, unless it's like a a nation state sophisticated, very, very specific mission with a objective in mind, it's a numbers game. That's why fishes go out to tens of thousands of people. And some of us that know better, like look at it and we're like, are you joking me? Like who falls for this? Like so many people say to me, like who would fall for this fish? This fish is terrible. And the answer is somebody, and it doesn't matter who, if they get one or two people out of a 10,000 person fish, they're going to win. It, like That's why they keep doing it. The odds are in their favor. The return on investment is there. I'll tell you what, if threat actors weren't making money hand over fist, this wouldn't be an issue because there would be no incentive, no motivation for them to do it unless they were into chaos and watching the world burn. And that just doesn't happen that often anymore. We see a couple instances here and there. Uh, but for the most part, it's it's criminal enterprise who are interested in financial gain. Period.
1: Malware down, encryption up, according to a new report from WatchGuard. Overall malware detections were down in Q2 compared to record numbers seen in Q1. It saw a 20% decrease in total endpoint malware detections. However, it also saw that over 81% of detections came from TLS encrypted connections, a number that continues to grow each quarter. Browser malware also saw an increase up 23% in the quarter, with Chrome up 50% in particular. Unsurprisingly, the Felina office vulnerability took the top spot in infections.
0: Okay, do you know why Folina took the top spot? Because people weren't taking it seriously. Do you know why they weren't taking it seriously, chat? Yeah. That's me throwing, throwing the fact... That they didn't create a logo for it. I'm going to die on this hill. Felina needed a vulnerability logo. I know that th- there was one that Kevin Beaumont made, but it didn't get mainstream uh, attention. You know, uh, whatever. Anyways, long story short, they are talking about malware uh, decreasing in attacks. Um, I-, I do kind of find that interesting. I wonder if it's because of EDR and defensive uh, measures. I don't know, but they, they said there's an increase in encrypted traffic, right? So encrypted, ma- it says encrypted malware, which made me think of ransomware. But what they're talking about, it seems, is TLS encryption connections, which makes sense, guys, right? Threat actor, I mean, we use TLS encryption for regular network traffic for protection. Why wouldn't a threat actor do it too? It's. I'm not saying it's trivial, but setting up a Let's Encrypt uh, certificate on their on their server or on their C2 infrastructure on compromised hosts... Just to hide it, uh, it'll help with um, if you have a firewall that's doing like packet stateful inspection, it's going to be encrypted. They're not going to be able to inspect the packets unless they're doing TLS decryption at the firewall, which is a huge uh, performance burden. Which, so a lot of places don't do it, but... but the only thing, if you're if you're encrypting your connection, is then it becomes the endpoint, the destination IP of where it's going. Is that considered malicious? And if you compromise somebody else and having them host your C two infrastructure, or if you're hosting it in like Azure or Google Cloud or AWS, it's gonna pass right through. So this is why threat actors are. I'm frankly, I'm surprised that it's increasing and it's just not pegged out, uh, because if I was setting up a criminal enterprise. You know, I feel like I would use TLS encryption for my network communications just as a layer of defense. Um, so be mindful. Obviously, Felina was a hot mess on fire. It was basically like macro office documents 2.0 essentially. Um, and then Google Chrome getting exp- uh, getting exploited uh, as the number one. And I think that Google Chrome was probably seeing uh, seeing a fifty percent surge. As being targeted twenty three percent of the time simply because of uh, user user adoption, user usage. I mean, I bet you if you looked at the percentage of people who use Google Chrome compared to other browsers, you would have you would see an increase in that as well. Uh, so I think that there is a correlation between those two, not that necessarily threat actors are in increased activity on Chrome. Um, it, it probably is a little bit because obviously if there's a huge attack surface you want to focus your energy and resources there for bigger return on investment but that's just my thoughts on that long story short malware decrease malware attacks decreasing good for us encryption of the tls connection of the network connections going up not good for us but we can't do much about it
1: chaos botnet on the rise in europe we've covered the rise of the rust programming language in malware before which makes it easier to write cross platform software well it's not the only game in town Lumen Technologies' Black Lotus Labs report on a new malware called Chaos spreading across Europe. Written in Go, Chaos can impact Windows and Linux, meaning it can spread across consumer PCs, enterprise servers, IoT, and Soho routers. The researchers speculate it may be an evolution of the DDoS malware Kaji seen in 2020. Over the last two months, Black Lotus saw Chaos active nodes quadruple, mostly centered in Europe. The botnet appears focused on operating DDoS attacks and installing crypto miners.
0: Cool. So, okay. So be mindful of this. Okay. So there's this chaos malware. It's essentially infecting endpoints, installing a bot, right? So some type of persistence mechanism that's probably checking in with a C2 server. All it's doing is mining Monero, or if it wants to be weaponized, used in a distributed denial of service attack couple things I would say here, Um, and I'm sorry, whoever said it earlier about Rita being awesome. This would be an awesome opportunity for Rita. These bots have to communicate back with their Monero blocks of crypto mines, right? They probably are communicating back on some cadence. They need to know if they've been told to do a distributed denial of service attack and what the target is, what's the IP address. So they would be checking in. Exactly, Joel Belton's nailed it. It would be beaconing that like this, there's probably other TTPs, uh, excuse me, there's probably other IOCs, indicators of compromise that you could do to find infections on your network on this, but you might not be able to install EDR on a Google Nest thermostat, right? You may not be able to stand EDR on a on a Zyxel um, NAS device, right? These, these IOT devices. So you only have the network traffic to look at. Beaconing is how it's gonna happen, and as I said, Beaconing stands out, especially with a tool like Rita, because it, it happens on a um, consistent cadence, right? Think about at night when you see a lighthouse and it's spinning around, like the frequency with which the light hits you is consistent, right? You can almost feel the rhythm of it. It's not like, woo, woo, woo. It's, it's it's not erratic. It is rhythmic. And that's what beacons are. And that's why you can find them on your network. So if you're if you're concerned about this one, you know, guys, many of you know I have strong feelings about crypto miners, um, and 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 where they rank in the order of priority in my cybersecurity program. Uh, but still, you don't want to compromise, and the fact that they could be used in a distributed denial of service attack, you definitely don't want to be part of that. Uh, so just be mindful of that. And um, you know, I'm not surprised threat actors are using a programming language that is like right once run anywhere that was supposed to be that was supposed to be the um the dream of java before java got all fat and bloated but like that's that was java's claim to fame that's why it usurped c essentially back in the late 90s because you could write it once and compile it for different uh operating systems but i digress i, I don't even know why i went into that Fancy!
1: microsoft sunsets basic authentication for exchange Microsoft will disable Basic Authentication for Exchange Online email services as of October 1st. This system requires only a username and password and doesn't natively integrate with multi-factor authentication systems. Microsoft claims it represents a major security liability with attackers almost exclusively targeting accounts using Basic Authentication. Microsoft will disable Basic Authentication, but it isn't entirely going away next month. Customers unable to access accounts after October 1st will be able to re-enable Basic Authentication however it will entirely eliminate it as an option at the end of the year
0: all right first off before we talk about the story i saw devin in chat devin congratulations my man nailing it getting that cybersecurity job welcome to the party okay guys um microsoft's been talking about this for years okay years so chances are many of you have already migrated your end users if you ha- like I'm going to be a little stereotypical here. Uh, It might be unfair. But if you have users, typically ones who are a little bit older, who have been around a while, who are set in their ways that they are going to use an antiquated email client, security be damned, it's not gonna work. It's not gonna work after October 1st, okay? So what what is happening here? Basic auth is is one way, it's the old way, to connect into an exchange um, and, and pull your email down, frankly, right? And you can, there's different protocols, like IMAP and, and POP3 and all these other ones. But basic auth, it's your username and password. It's not really secure. It. I'm not 100% sure, but there are multi-factor authentication issues, being able to configure multi-factor authentication. It's, it's 2022, you shouldn't be using basic auth and Microsoft is taking a stand and technically enforcing it. So no matter how much you kick and scream, it's just, you're not gonna get your email anymore unless you adapt. Now, I wanna say this, October 1st, this is probably, um, oh geez, I think this would be ideal for the three actionable items. This one would be for the peers section and I might put this on, but I think Monday, What, what, what day is Monday? Monday is October 3rd. So you'd get this email and people you're, you're already going to be getting complaints. Okay. So two things here, one, they do offer an option for you to buy three more months of access to basic auth. So if basically if you're CEO or CFO, someone who has access to real money and can, and basically cut checks, if they're the ones who are using the antiquated email uh, solution or uh, authentication mechanism, you're going to get guys get in front of this okay because you're going to get messages over the weekend that they can't check email and this is probably why because they can't access it they can't authenticate into it and you can buy three more months but if if it were me if it were me I wouldn't even tell I wouldn't even tell anyone that you can buy three more months I would just tell them it's over here's how you get Here's how you configure Exchange. Uh, excuse me, Outlook on your device. Here's a link. Um, it's it's over. We cannot do it anymore. That's what I would tell them. The only reason to purchase three more months is if you have some type of homegrown, ridiculous, in-house application that somehow has become mission critical. And it breaks because of this. It, it, it's like, it, it's, it checks in sends an email. It's used for like distribution, on-call, whatever it is, right? If you have some mission critical process that breaks because of this, you basically can buy three more months and you need to prioritize it. Because after December 31st, there's no more buying time. It just doesn't work anymore. And by the way, like, ugh, you know how I feel about in-house developed apps. the terrible. All right. Exactly, Allison Vanstone. Who wants to be basic? You're basic. Boom, roasted. Boom, roasted. Okay. So check it out. Um, the final thing I'll say about this guys is if you are like B sec, if you're B in here, if you are in any way matrixed from an IT perspective, if you are any way involved in email and email management at your company, get in front of this thing, or else you will be getting a call over the weekend about this. Unless your business just stood up like in the last couple years then you are already on the new version but if you are working at kind of like a business that's been around a long time um you know kind of entrenched in its ways you you might be getting a call this weekend make make sure help desk knows about it all those things you you just want to get in front of it
1: this week on our defense in depth podcast we're nope. tackling all right so that is the
0: news kind of a somber note to end on there what are we going to do for the um for the for the music here let's do this one. um I'm feeling this. All right, guys. So we're just about at time. Guys, I've been really enjoying uh, the 45-minute session. Uh, If you're new here, I, I was doing it for a half hour while then I bumped it up to an hour. We lost some people. I did a poll. 45 minutes seemed to be a happy medium. I've been sticking to 45 minutes for about a month. Everybody seems to be happy with it. Later on today at... 4.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. I will be introducing Simply Cyber community friend and really, really awesome guy, Charles Finfrock. Charles Finfrock, famously known for loving himself some crypto. I'm a crypto evangelist. I love it, love it, love it. Yep, that's him self-proclaiming it. So we won't be talking about crypto today. We will be talking about surveillance capitalism. I had a conversation with Charles and um private conversation and we just brought up surveillance and then he just ripped for like 45 minutes and i was like all right maybe maybe we could do this in front of a bunch of people because what you're telling me is incredibly insane and unbelievably valuable and he's like yeah let's do it so come by today at 4 30 i'll probably ask one question and then sit back (laughs) and let charles go bananas uh but he's gonna be awesome i hope you can uh giddy up on it Guys, I got about a minute left before the 10.45. Nobody puts Jerry in the corner. Thanks, Ron Clark. Congratulations to Devin. Congratulations to all of you. There you go. Paula knows what's up. You move people to 2FA. No more basic. No more basic trash, guys. Really, the only reason to not... The only reason to still be on basic auth is if somebody with some level of authority likes their antiquated app and they are able to flex and and use political power to not migrate. That's the only reason. Exactly. All right, guys, we're at time. I wanna thank all of you uh, for being here today. Obviously share share, um, Simply Cyber, daily cyber threat briefing with people in your network. Can you play the yikes sound? I don't think I have a yikes, I have a yeet sound. I have a I have a Yeet sound. I've got a Randy Moss sound. Got spicy. I love the soundboard, guys. Have a great day, Carmen San Diego. Looks like I found you. Naveed, good to see you, Daniel Grimes. Carl! Cool. Alright, watch out for Carl, y'all. Alright. We'll see you later. Okay, here's what we can do, okay? You can take basic off. Yeet. Throw it out the door. Alright. You know, <laughs> if you want to keep basic off, you know what it's going to cost you, Kimberly? Straight cash, homie. Straight cash, homie. All right, guys. Good times, good times. Thanks so much to Haircut Fish for the meme of the week. Let's look forward to tomorrow. It's Friday, 8 a.m. Grayson Joke of the Week will be dropping. Y'all be good. We'll see you at 4.30. Later.